Welcome to the Idea Table Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jim Nassipak. 2021 has been a remarkable year, a year which lives and organizations have been turned on their heads. Disruption has been a major contributor to the change that has occurred in organizations and teams. For many, decisional change is difficult. However, this year it has been forced change, which has led many to operate in fear and doubt. For leaders, the burden of leading our teams, keeping continuity in our organizations, and working through our own issues has caused us to dig deep down to find the strength to move forward. It has provided opportunities to reevaluate how we connect with our teams, to engage in new opportunities for success, and reimagine what the future of our team and organizations could be in the upcoming year. We come to the close in our series of Leading With. We have looked at the themes of hope, peace, and joy, and have seen the importance of them to the success of the team. However, through each conversation, we were reminded that it must begin with the individual leader's commitment to these practices and their place in our lives that make it beneficial to our team. We're only a few days away now in which we celebrate the birth of the Christ child Jesus in our Christmas celebrations. We finish this series leading with on the subject of love. I invite you to pull up a chair and join the Reverend Rebecca Ogus, Transitional Deacon at the Church of the Redeemer in Baltimore, Maryland, and myself for this discussion at the Idea Table. Welcome to the Idea Table. Um, This is an exciting day for me, so let me introduce my guest today. as we discuss leading with love, my guest is um, the Reverend Rebecca Ogus. She is a transitional deacon in the Episcopal Church and serves as the Associate for Youth and Young Adult Ministries at the Church of the Redeemer in Baltimore, Maryland. In May 2020, she graduated from Yale Divinity School with an MDiv from Berkeley Divinity School at Yale with an Anglican Studies Diploma. Wow, that's it's a lot of stuff, and a certificate in educational leadership and ministry. Um, before she was serving at um, Redeemer, she was the program director of Episcopal Church in, at Yale. Actually, she um, knew someone from here in in, in California, uh, a colleague of ours. Her daughter was there with Rebecca, so that was kind of neat. Um Rebecca's from North Carolina, loves the ocean. She loves needlepoint, young adult fantasy, books from the 1990s and early 2000s, and running outside in dance parties. And she is my daughter-in-law. She and my son got married in 2019, and that was such a great day. And so I welcome Rebecca, not only as a guest, but as a family member. How are you doing, Rebecca? Thanks, Jim. I'm good. It's good to be with you. It's uh, exciting. I know you are in the throes of busy season, especially in the church calendar year. Um, We've talked about it here. Um, It's a leadership podcast, but we are in the midst of Advent, and it's the beginning of our church year. So Mm -hmm. you actually had a homily during this season, correct? Yeah, I preached on Advent One, and I just, uh, we also write blog reflections at our church that go on a weekly email, so I just wrote a blog reflection for Advent Two after preaching Advent One, and um, I'm already looking ahead to what we're talking about, youth formation on Advent Three, and um, 
exciting time. Oh, always looking forward, always looking forward. So I invited Rebecca on um, to talk about leading with love, the fourth and final portion of the series and advent of leading with. And a lot of it stems from getting to know Rebecca over five years. Has it been five years? Almost. Almost, yeah. She has a heart, first of all, um, to love others as they are. And she is very comfortable. And I don't mean that in the sense that she um, abdicates, <laughs> abdicates anything. She just has a heart for people. Not only that, I've got to see her leadership. I, I saw it prior to her going to well, yeah, prior to her going to Yale when she was still in North Carolina and uh, saw it to see it every day when we or not every day, every time we talk, she just has a confidence about her and I know why people follow her. So I thought she is perfect for being on here. So that's a little bit that's that's the reasons why why I wanted her to have it. Plus I'm a little I'm a little jealous. I get to have I'm not jealous. I'm I, I'm a little um I'm selfish. I get to talk with her a little bit and get to know her more here. But I want to start this off, and I'm just going to let you run with it. I want to start off with this quote from uh, Jack Ma. So Jack Ma is um, the head of um, Alibaba, right? Uh, or uh, that's right, Alibaba um, at the world at the recent World Economic Forum meeting in Davos. He reiterated that leaders need IQ, EQ. And LQ, the quotient of love. And he says, a machine does not have a heart, a machine does not have a soul, and a machine does not have a belief. Human beings have souls, have the belief, and have the value. We are creative. So he says, love is vastly important. So, Rebecca, as we start off here, you know, just kind of talking a little bit about this. Um, what are some of the essential pieces about leadership and loving that you kind of work through, especially, I know you work in nonprofit, especially in the faith sector, but in everyday life, what are those things that we should remember as we uh, move through the, move through the day? I mean, what really strikes me about that quote from Jack Ma is the connection between love and creativity. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know that he explicitly said it in that quote, but that's, that's what I heard coming through. Mm -hmm. And, and I think creativity, and for me, part of that is flexibility. Yeah. Um, and alongside flexibility, humility um, <laughs> are all big components of leading with love, because I think when you're operating from that standpoint of, of care for another and, and love for another or the world around you or the community that you're in, um, it doesn't always happen, obviously, but ideally, hopefully, you're able to allow yourself to be impacted. Um, mm -hmm. I'm thinking of, uh, you know, if I press on a pillow, I'm making an indent in the pillow, um, and it's having, or like when you're kneading dough, mm -hmm. um, yeah, making a, an indentation or an impression, and so having the flex to allow yourself to be moved and impacted and changed by the world around you, by the people you're with, by the community you're in, um, to me shows, shows that care and attention and that you can flex, you can be creative. Um, and if you're not so rigid, yeah, uh, so prideful or so, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, so wed to doing it your way, yeah. um, 
mm-hmm. that you can be open and receive all of that. And so I think being receptive, um, creativity and receptivity to me kind of go hand in hand. That's, that's great. It brings up this whole thought that, you know, where does, you know, the, the desire, yeah, the desire to understand others. You, I mean, how does that play into it as you're working through this love and creativity? Because you kind of even mentioned it there. You know, where where does um, the need for understanding others? Um, yeah, I, I think for me personally, it's a big yeah. motivator. Um, yeah. I really love people. Um, I I just I just like people, and I like yeah. being around them, and I'm really curious about them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm extroverted by nature, and so some of that. Um, is because that, that gives me a lot of energy. I certainly don't have to be extroverted to feel that way, but I'm just curious about people. Um, and I, I, I want to pay attention to them. Um, Mm. and I think there's a quote, I'm forgetting who said it, it came across my path recently, what you pay attention to grows. Mm. Um, and I think attention and love, um, are really connected. What you pay attention to, what you love will grow. And people are like that. Um, if you pay attention to people, if you pay attention to your community, I think that that desire for understanding uh, comes through um, and helps build the relationship. Yeah. And in the midst of that, I and I think this is so necessary, especially um, in the current environment we're in, as far as we've talked about hope, we've talked about peace. Uh, last week, we talked about joy. Now we're talking about law, law, love, not law, love, um, is in the midst of leading with love and understanding each other, how do we open ourselves up to be willing to accept that we're flawed mm-hmm. and to move in that, especially as a leader? I mean, you lead young people and you lead young adults and you lead your church. How do you, how do you get to that place you know, of allowing yourself to accept others that way? Yeah. Um, I mentioned humility before, but you know, humility is not particularly sexy or exciting. Um, But I do think it's one of the things that my faith teaches me um, and why being rooted for me in a life of prayer and religious practice um, and understanding myself to be part of the body of Christ in the world. Um, And I, I think that that component of humility and knowing that probably, thank goodness, I'm not right all the time. I mm-hmm. love to be right, but I'm so happy that I'm not always right um, because that would be a crappy world. Um, <laughs> and uh, and I think prayer helps with that. Um, yeah. Having trusted confidants and friends who can be that prophetic voice in your life and be like, yeah. well, actually, Maybe, maybe no, maybe no. Or being called into a different sense of yourself yeah. um, and being invited to think in a different way. But it takes work. Like my initial defense mechanism is to be like, no, I don't want to be wrong. Yes. That, yeah. That's cracking my foundation as a person. It takes practice and, you know, probably a few crises um, to get yeah. to that point. I'm definitely yeah. not all the way there. Yeah. And I think you bring up some really good points because I was reading an article by um, Jody Cook yeah in this entrepreneurship uh, magazine you know why we should uh, lead with love and not fear and she talks about this whole idea of that when we lead in fear um, or people that lead in fear 
they often are judgmental. You'll get the one sentence email, everything's done. Whereas love, we're looking to understand. And it sounds like that's kind of where you're coming from because, you know, in, le- in the broad leadership uh, points, people are more passionate and more willing to move with people that value them, love them, as opposed to fear. H- how do you see that? Because I mean, I hate to say this. Um, I love, you know how much I love the church, just as much as you do our whole families. I mean, that's the beauty. You're, you're, you're dead mom too. And, but we're still man-made. So there are people that lead with fear in that. How do you overcome that? How do you move? You know, cause it's easy when we're hurt to move from, to move into the fear as opposed to love. So. Yeah, it's so easy. And I, I mean, I feel like I see that so much around me all the time. Um, mm-hmm. We're humans and we're afraid and um, especially when we feel like we don't have control um, yeah. and nobody has a lot of control right now. Wow. Um, and probably ultimately in life, we have much less control than we think we do. Um, and, and for me, when I feel out of control, I get scared. And when I get scared and feel afraid, I am much more likely to want to like dig my fingers in and not let go because I just need one thing. Just give me that one plan that works. I, I, I want that structure so much. Um, and I think that's why we exist in community. Um, because when Zach and I are on a road trip, I need to not be the last person driving the car because I'm hangry and I'm tired and I don't, and I like, I can't, I just, I just want to scream. Um, and that's why I need him to be the person who deals with the end of the road trip. And I will take driving in city traffic, um, because that is really frustrating for him in a way that it's not for me. Um, that's, I think that's part of the reason we need each other. Um, St. Benedict uh, in the rule of St. Benedict, which I think is at church and not here at home, uh, talks about living a monastic life and intentional yeah. community with one another and how it's so frustrating. I mean, this is, it's such a great document. If you wanna live with other people in a community with other people, uh, he talks about the way that we rub up against each other like stones. Oh. And it's not always pleasant. Correct. But over time, we smooth each other down. Um, And it's from that wearing against one another that, uh, he doesn't say this, but I would say the luster comes. Um, Mm -hmm. And and that continued relationship, which is really hard and annoying and frustrating because people sometimes suck. Um, (laughs) Yep. And sometimes, and sometimes we're in unhealthy and abusive relationships and that's its own story. Yeah, Yeah, that's a totally different conversation. But what you're saying is so true. And I, and I think even in corporate organizations and leadership, we do have to deal with people each and every day. So in the midst of that, how do you have those courageous, for lack of a better word, courageous conversations with people? Because you do have, and do it out of love. Again, out of fear, you're usually looking for the negative. You're always trying to put them down. And unfortunately, I've been a part of leadership groups where that's what it's been under. So I just thought of this. So I have two questions. How do you um, have those courageous, courageous conversations in love? The other part is, how do you lead with love with when maybe those that are leading you don't lead out of love? So I don't know if you've ever had that. So the, I'm going to throw those out to you. And I'm not asking you to name names. I'm just 
I just want to put that out there for you. I mean, I think one of the biggest things that I have personally wrestled with, and I, I know many, many friends have as well is being okay, getting it wrong. Um, I, I, at least I know this about myself that I really like to get things right. And I want, I want to do a good job and I want to get stuff right. And when I make a mistake, especially when I think I've hurt somebody Mm -hmm. or offended them or upset them somehow, like I can feel the anxiety manifest in my body. Mm -hmm. Um, that, that, that stomach hits, that feeling hits in my stomach. I get a bunch of tension in my back, but I have to keep doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to keep, I, I allowing myself to get to the point where this relationship is more important to me than getting this right. Yeah. Um, Can I stop you right there? Can I ask you this? Do you think that comes out of, because you're doing it out of the selfless humility of love, like that anxiety, as opposed to fear. Do you think of your fear? You'd be like, I could care less, but because you're coming from a place of trying to be so, I don't mean so concerned, like, but you're trying to be concerned about others. Yeah. That that's where it comes from. And sometimes that's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, I think definitely my conscience, when it tells me like, Ooh, you made a boo-boo. That was not okay. That was like, you, you definitely need to go apologize yeah. or, you need to check yourself mm-hmm. um, because sometimes we don't have the opportunity to apologize to people. Correct. Yeah. We just have to be like, Oh, I, I am internal at like, I'm going to sit with this and be uncomfortable. Sometimes it's about like being okay, getting stuff wrong, which is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So sitting in our discomfort. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think often we have this myth about leaders that they are always together and don't get it wrong and are on top of stuff, but failure is an important part of the creative process. And I think it's an important part of being human in the world. Um, we are not perfect. Um, Amen. Amen. And, <laughs> and getting free from the strictures and structures that bind us mm-hmm. in these ways, I think is an important part to then becoming more open to ourselves, but also to the people around us. Um, because they're not perfect either, but we are in relationship and to me, the foundation of those relationships is a sense of love. And like, as a Christian, it's like, mm-hmm. how am I seeing Jesus in the world um, and allowing myself to be moved by the Holy Spirit? Um, yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's so good because those leaders that I've seen that they might not say they live in love. I mean, I think they do. Love is just cherishing others, valuing, valuing others. Those are all love connotations but those are the ones that when they fail they actually admit it and say you know what i i I made a mistake Mm -hmm. or even beyond that if they have people in there that are under them in their teams and they fail they'll usually say you failed because i didn't give you and this is what i tried to do i didn't give you the resources you needed or whatever you needed in order to do it it's those leaders that are out of fear that start pointing or blaming someone else. And then that becomes a toxic um, environment. And unfortunately, um, I think that's in a lot of organizations. And that's why I think this need to understand love um, Mm -hmm. is important. So Mike. Yeah. And I think, I mean, part of that is for me, like often people in positions of leadership have power you have power over people. Mm-hmm. And so one of the most important things when I find myself in a lead, if I have been given, because I think leadership is a gift, 
um, if I've been given leadership and I've earned that um, from the people around me, then I would like to share my power with them as much as possible. It's rather than a top down, it's a kind of like um, one, I'm doing a lot of stuff with my hands, which obviously you can't see on the radio, (laughs) but um, (laughs) making a lot of hand gestures. Yeah. Uh, You know, sharing power with people is much healthier, I think, for an organization, but also for the leader. Correct. Um, because it's so much more creative. You have so many more ideas coming in and and like what a vibrant space to occupy with people. Mm-hmm. I think the one piece that I just want to caution some people out there, that there's this discussion of, of flat organizations. I'm not a big flat organization person, meaning there, people do have to take responsibility, especially as oh, leaders. Yeah. You do, and I know you're not saying this, but there is a need for people to feel a part of the process. Again, if they don't feel like they, whatever you're doing. So like you're saying the creativity, if they don't own it with you, then it's not going to go anywhere as a leader. So getting, like you said, sharing that power as many people around. And I think the other part about loving is, you know, is the, the good shepherd, um, you've never been in my office. I have a bunch of, someone just started giving me sheep. So I have all these sheep. And I think it started because when I was pastoring, and but then in leadership, I started bringing them into my office and realized leadership is like shepherding. You know, I have to care. I have to tend for my teams. You know, and that loving part is if we make a mistake, then I've, I'm the one that's responsible for it. And then I'm going to protect them. That's what, that's what love is as well. So um, let me ask you this. Um, I mean, you are wise beyond your years, and I'm not saying that because um, – you're my daughter-in-law, but I know your parents and I know how they've spoken into your life. What advice have you received in your life? You know, that's really impacted you as far as how to lead with this desire to love and to have people come around you as opposed to some young people who think love is only power. Um, and, uh, Hey, once I get that position, I can do stuff. And, leadership's not position. It's like you said, it's a gift. It's something that I think people are born with and people gravitate to, but it's something that's a gift given to you. Um, I think two things. One is about love. Um, and one is about power and authority. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first, I, I think we were talking in, uh, an ethics class in seminary about how sometimes love gets watered down. Mm. Um, Mm. And it's just that warm, fuzzy feeling that you have when you really like somebody. But sometimes love, I mean, is it like the action of love is justice? I think the quote is, and I've forgotten who said that, but Mm. um, being able to hold people accountable. And this to me, when you were talking about, you know, a flat organization, Mm -hmm. um, sometimes the manifestation of love is, in like inviting people into hard conversations mm-hmm. um, and bearing the consequences of that. Because I think sometimes the leaders that I really appreciate are able to be present mm-hmm. oh. even in the middle of like the chaos around them and yeah. say, I like, I'm doing my best. I'm trying to listen. I'm not getting it right all the time, but like, here are the things that we need to do. Mm-hmm. And you might not like that, but yeah. like, the, and being human enough to be able to receive criticism and also grounded enough in themselves and perhaps 
with other people that they consult um, because I think we do this in community and, and yes. having people to go vent to when you've had a bad day is also a very important part of leading with love. Yes. Uh, uh, I think, yeah, being able to, to see that action, it's not just the warm, fuzzy feelings. It's also doing justice in the world because yeah. God's love and justice go hand in hand. Yep. Um, should we ever be able to do either of those things? <laughs> uh, the second one, um, I just had a meeting with uh, the Bishop of Maryland and Fresh Start is like, so you're a new clergy person in the area. Here's like your orientation. It's great. I'm meeting so many people on Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Bishop was talking about the difference between power and authority. Mm-hmm. And power is like brute force. I am exerting this. Authority is something that people give you. Um, and you are invited to that. Mm-hmm. And I think that balance is is a really good check yeah. um, for me when I'm when I'm working with uh, people at church. Am I am I exercising my power or my authority? Because those are different things, and I am not called to power. Correct. Um, that's not what God calls me to. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think that's so good it, um, because if you if we're in a equated stuff, you know, authority is that leading in love, power is that leading in fear. Mm-hmm. type things because um again people unfortunately are put in and i and i'm i'm using like I said, we're on a podcast you can't see so i'm using air quotes here leadership meaning they have a positional place but they don't lead they actually you know dictate or they yeah. they have that you know that power surge which then diminishes any value people under you um play mm-hmm. Um, and listening is like listening is such a key part of leadership because how can you be a leader if you're not listening to the people who you're surrounded by correct here's a little secret um the teams i have are much better at what they do than i am so you know (laughs) i i tell people because someone made the comment to me one time like boy um like, oh, that was a really good idea. You have a real, you, you think really well. And I'm like thinking, this is a bad group if I'm the smartest one in the room. Because hopefully, and I don't mean that as, but as a leader, you have to come in hoping you want teams around you that compliment. Mm-hmm. I, I, if someone says, oh, that's a good idea, like five times, I'm like, okay, you need to move off of this team because you need someone willing to challenge you. And if you're leading in love, it provides an environment where people feel comfortable to be a part of that conversation and say, no, I don't agree with that. And I, it took about a year where I'm at till someone actually, one of the team members goes, I don't think that's going to work. I'm like, well, why do you think it's not going to work? And they looked at me and I said, I'm not um, denying what you're saying, but give me the reason now. I want to like, know. I want to know. And they're like, here, 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 and here. And I'm like, well, that makes sense. I didn't think about it, but you know, I'm not in your area all the time. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, that was a lot easier than they thought it would be. And I'm like, I don't know all the answers, you know, no, none of us do. And that's why we are a team, not a group, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and we kind of um, go from that standpoint. The power of humility and demonstrating it. I wish I did that all the time, but I don't, you know, I, I'm very flawed, but uh, you're right. It's, it, it's a place we try to work, work towards and things like that. Um, a couple more questions. I believe it or not, we are flying through this time together and everything. How do you love and lead with love with people that might be difficult 
I know we've talked about trying to understand others, have those courageous conversations. It does lead to creativity, but sometimes there are individuals in all of our teams that just seem to be difficult. So how do you, what do you do? What, what's some little bits of advice that you might be able to give our listeners out there? I mean, I ask for help. Um, I, I go to the people that I trust who are my mentors and advisors, sometimes my friends. It depends, obviously it depends on the situation. There are some things that you like, you could talk to your therapist about, or you yeah. could talk to your, like your priest in confidence about, but that's like really it. Yeah. Um, but for other things, yeah. Uh, I ask for help because sometimes I don't know. And I would really like someone else's opinion who has done this for a lot longer than I have, or someone who just has a different perspective. Um, so that's usually the first thing that I do. That is outstanding. That is absolutely outstanding. It takes a lot of um, um, humility, but also takes a lot of self-confidence. And, and people think those are two different things. Mm -hmm. But I think they work hand in hand that you feel confident enough to go to someone else and say, help me. But you also come to their, uh, a humble place. Um, in a church, you have the same issues as in other organizations. Um, sometimes people look at you funny, like, why are you coming to, <laughs> why are you coming to me to ask for help? You know, or, you know, especially if it's in a different area. So that is, that is really good. Um, I want to wrap this up. We've been, oh, I could do another another whole podcast on this and I will have you back and everything. <laughs> so, Oh, for those that didn't realize when she said, Zach, that is my son. I should give him props out there. So Zach, Zach. thank you oh. for finishing all of our road trips. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So in the midst of love, in the midst of loving everybody, I know one of the things you do love is reading, correct? I do. What are you reading right now? Well, I brought, I brought a stack of books. <laughs> <laughs> our conversation. Um, let's see. Uh, my fun pleasure book is called mm -hmm. Gingerbread. Okay. And it's by Helen Oyeyemi. She's a British author and she writes, fan she's like retelling fables and like fantasy stories. So this one has some like Hansel and Gretel elements. Sometimes they're a little bit spookier. Um, or a little bit darker, not mm -hmm. really spooky, but they're a little dark, which yeah. I mean, Grimm's fairy tales are very dark. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, so this is what I'm, this is my fun book by Helen Oyeyemi. Okay. Um, I just started for the first time because there are some very smart people in my life who really like it. Um, reading near Christianity by C.S. Lewis. Ooh. I've never read it before. You have it. Wow. No. Um, and so I, decided I should read some Lewis and I don't know where my copy of the screw tape letters is, which I also haven't read. Um, so I decided that I would just try it. It's been, it's very, he's a fun interlocutor. Um, I am really appreciating it. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with everything, but I really love reading it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, Lewis is one of those that I can't read. I read Lewis probably once a year because I don't, I don't need that. Um, uh, what's the word uh, when you conviction? <laughs> I, I think he does. He, he's a great lay theologian. Right? I think he does yeah. a really good job. So anyways, go ahead. So I'm reading that. Um, I'm reading 
The Warmth of Other Suns, which is a gigantic book by Isabel Wilkerson. She just wrote Cast, which came out more recently. And this is about the Great Migration. Um, and so I've got a group of friends from seminary. One of them's in England, one of them's in New York. Um, we're a little all over the place. Um, and we're reading that together, which has been, she's a beautiful writer and it's all nonfiction. I mean, it's a giant nonfiction book, but mm -hmm. she is a former journalist. Um, like a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist from Chicago and she writes it in such a way. I mean, you just get so, I mean, it's amazing. It's a great history book. Um, and then I'm reading Prayers of a Young Poet by Raina Maria Rilke um, as my before bed poetry. Well, great. That is, that is such a, a great array of different things. I think as leaders, um, it's good for us to read things, not just on leadership and, and you're not reading just stuff in theology you're you've expand yeah. you know and i think that always pushes us and i think when we talk about leading with love and being able to understand others it's good to read things outside of our our comfort zone to oh, kind, yeah. of, kind, kind of get us there so I mean, that's how you that's how you i for me reading is such an important way of getting to know the world better i can't yes. go everywhere and i can't talk to everybody so the one of the ways that i can get to know different perspectives and different um, experiences by reading. True. So true. So, well, um, Rebecca, thank you for taking a moment of your day to spend with me. Um, I think what you're doing is fantastic. Um, taking on the mantle of um, leading youth and young adults as a former <laughs> minister to youth and young adults. I understand and blessings on you. Thank you. Yeah, because you're fabulous. Because what people don't understand is that you're not just leading youth and young adults, you're leading parents as well and knowing how to um, interact with that. So, but I know you do it from a, pers from a perspective of humility, of love, and I just cherish what you had to share with our, uh, with our um, listeners today. So thank well, you. I'm I'm really honored to have been invited on. It was so much fun to talk. Um, what a treat to get to spend more time with you, even from across the country. Yes, and I appreciate it. And we will have Rebecca on again. Uh, maybe not talk about love. Maybe we'll do a little book review or stuff like that. So that'd be fun. So with that, we will be right back after this. I want to thank you for joining us today at the Idea Table. If you'd like this podcast, please share with a colleague, friend, or someone you know who could benefit from it. Additionally, please leave a comment below or contact us at theideatable at gmail.com. As we have heard in our other conversations in this series of Leading With, leading with love begins with us as leaders. Let us not be mistaken that leading with love is a weakness or that as a leader, we are gullible, but it's not proud either. Love understands that leading requires humility, to lead as a servant, to look to others and their needs in order for a team and an organization to be successful. This is probably the most difficult of practices to learn and operate in as a leader. However, I know that it provides the best opportunity for individuals on your team and your organization to be successful. So as we come to the close of this Advent season and get ready to celebrate Christmas, as a leader, let us think about leading with love in the framework of humility and not power. In a world that craves power, 
it might be difficult to believe that humility is the best practice for success. But I challenge you, if you already do not lead with love, to begin to lead with love this year. I know it'll be your most successful year as a leader, your teams will grow, and your organization will be a leader in its category. Until next year, be safe and healthy. And as always, there will be a seat for you at the idea table.